0: Hey, we're uh, back live. Um, welcome to the Age of All podcast. This is episode number 18. Today I'm here at the uh, Revolut headquarters in London with uh, Chester Sardine uh, and Espen uh, Mikrobust. Hey guys. Hello. Hi, how, are <laughs> how are you doing? Good. Good.
1: Well,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a bit early, early in the morning, but <laughs> <laughs> so it's currently 9:09:10. 9 9 that's, that's, that's extremely early <laughs> in startup terms, guys. So. <laughs> we came in early just for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for, you, for the people who can't see the surroundings, we're in uh, the Revolut offices and uh, no one's working. So, uh, <laughs> if your cards <laughs> aren't working, if you have any issues, don't call them right now. So what, <laughs> um, um, I'm sure you use chatbots and stuff for, okay, uh, for a lot of the things, and you have some other guys. Definitely. Okay, so so what's going on? Uh, what's going on at Revolut? Give uh, give us some insight. What's uh, what's uh, what's fresh off the blocks. You guys have been busy all weekend, all last week. You're were, uh, you weren't sleeping, I think. Very much so. Uh, <laughs> and now it's
1: oh, it's a lot going on. That's a big question. Um, so in terms of uh, Revolut overall, um, we just uh, localized a lot of languages. Actually, so uh, we're trying to um, uh, decentralize a lot of the teams. Mm. Um, and um, we're, building, so we're building teams in all the local markets that we're in, mm. uh, part of a process called blitzscaling, uh, mm. which is a process that a lot of the biggest tech companies has gone through, like uh, Amazon, Apple, Uber, Airbnb, all these people have gone through a phase of blitzscaling, and um, we're doing exactly this now. Uh, so in, uh, we're preparing for this by hiring a bunch of people mm. uh, in every market, uh, five plus in almost every market, and uh, we're localizing the app to the to all the, all the local languages. Um, so it's a new strategy for uh, for extreme
0: growth. Like a divide so and conquer, uh, divide and conquer kind of thing. Yeah, a, well,
1: I guess you can. I guess you could call that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so,
2: so, what markets are you in right now? Um, so we're in all European markets, uh, yeah. except for you know just just Europe. So that's why we're embarking on the international expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Asia Pacific and North America. So yeah. within Asia Pacific, we're gonna be expanding to Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, Japan and Singapore and North America would be the US and Canada. Okay, so those will be coming this year. And is it is
0: it is it that easy when you because um, because obviously for I, I hope that everyone who listens knows what Revolut is. It's a digital bank. Um, uh, one of the hardest uh, fintech banking alternative. Yeah, we can't
1: yes. we can't really call ourselves a bank yet. Okay, okay, Legally. so
0: what, what is it called? <laughs> we're we're a <laughs> What's bank <the> name? challenger. <laughs> a bank, okay. We're challenging. Did, we're, yeah, we're
1: we're an alternative to banks. So okay. I mean, we we did land a banking license uh, end of last year, but. Yeah. We're not operational under it yet, okay. um, so yes. we're not allowed to call ourselves a bank, even though we do give a lot of banking services. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so, uh, so we're actually operational under uh, an electronic money license now. So okay. uh, we're as a f- facilitator of money movements, <laughs> <laughs> broker of <up> your savings, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> okay,
0: interesting. Um, I guess I guess these things um, obviously take a lot of time to to be established as a bank. You can't just snap your fingers and then suddenly you can have a vault and uh, building in the, <laughs> in the city and all that stuff so because so, you're talking about this blitz strategy um, yep. and you're talking blitz, uh, blitz scaling. scaling yeah blitz scaling um, what is that also something I, w- I would imagine that would also be a, like a complicated process because you know you're not even a bank and with all these different licenses blah blah, blah uh, how do you uh, how do you do that so quickly? You just go there and you just set up an office. You're like, okay, now we're here. Now we'll
2: roll your <laughs> cash. I think it depends on the minimum viable product as well. What, what licenses are available for yeah. all the international markets for us to just you know, quickly start and then from there expand and roll out more services, more mm. products. Um, for you know, other markets like Asia, some, some of the countries don't have digital banking licenses. They don't even have e-money licenses, which means mm. that we need to do a combination of two existing you know, archaic uh, legislations yeah. to effectively um, allow us to perform what we are doing here yeah. uh, from in Europe, right? Whereas in other jurisdictions, they're also going to be releasing new e-money licenses, digital banking licenses, uh, which we are, you know, closely watching and seeing how the, we can leverage on that. Um, whereas here in Europe, are starting starting out here in Europe was a little easier because you know Europe allows us the ability to passport. Or, license from one country to another, all European countries as well, which is why we're able to scale um, around Europe quite quickly.
0: Mm. Is that due to the uh, uh, European economic area or Transport the Eurozone? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so because of uh, the, <coughs> the, PSD, um,
1: the PSD regulation, mm-hmm. payment service directive, that uh, came in 2009. So okay. you hear all about PSD2 now. Okay. PSD2 is actually just a, uh, a new directive that's building on an old one. So in 2009, it was the first directive that came
0: that allowed you to passport your license between all European economic area countries. Okay. Is that, was that too, uh, was that in response to the financial crackdown and to give banks more agility
2: to move around in, in Europe to yeah, be more I, agile? Or is this, it, it's also pl- uh, applicable for all businesses in Europe, really. If you have a license to operate in one European country, you can operate in other countries. It's thing okay. for banks as well. Yeah. Okay. In,
0: that's, that's interesting. And I know you, um, Chester, um, what exactly is it that you do at Revolut? I mean, I know, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. for the listeners who don't know yep. you, because uh, you've been, uh, all I see from you is that you're touring around uh, Southeast Asia, uh, Singapore, um, giving a lot of talks and mm-hmm. engaging a lot with mm-hmm. the
2: communities. So I'm the growth launcher for Revolut in Singapore and, you know, a uh, wider Asia Pacific as well. So the, the whole, whole key goal there is to raise awareness. And to bring the Revolut brand over, right, where it's different as compared to Europe, where people are already talking about Revolut Mm -hmm. through the press, through the media, through your friends and family. Uh, Whereas in Asia Pacific or in North America, growth launching is is very important because, one, the people don't know about Revolut, what we do, what Mm -hmm. we're able to provide, Um, and and whether we have licenses or not. And what tribes we're supposed to be, you know, reaching out to, right? Are we students? Are they expats? And stuff like that. So that's basically what the whole job entails, right? Yeah. And that's just uh, in relation to growth. Um, yeah, It's also a lot of uh, starting your... It feels like starting your own business in multiple countries as well.
1: Yeah. Right? Chester um, is definitely a jack-of-all-trades. he like does everything from uh, helping out with expansion to, to hiring, uh, uh-huh. to trying to grow the market, to speaking at conferences. So yeah, it's a very so broad role that you have. Very, right? Almost very like an entrepreneur
2: in residence. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but very focused on growth.
0: Yeah. yeah, but but that's interesting. So uh, I w- I want to ask you this as well because I I know from from just having moved to London in September, um, I'm not sure about Revolut's timeline, but I'm guessing that's sort of when you started. There was some some very heavy growth in the two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. Because I know that when I moved here, everyone I knew here, like there were a couple of hundred people that I was around daily at the university. Um. They had Monzo accounts. Mm-hmm. Or you had some guys with Monero, and you know Mm -hmm. all these things which seem ancient now. But now I turn every corner, and if there's not a Revolut card or a Revolut account, then I'm like, where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's very interesting, but. How how did that come about, and are is this something you're piggybacking off uh, in terms of the the strategies you used here in, in in the UK and in London when you go to Asia Pacific, or do you I think find some
2: other obstacles you need to overcome? Yeah. I think uh, there are some uh, you know general um, tactics that you that we use for growth hacking here that can be broadly applied to all the different markets that we are expanding to, but uh, those need to be adjusted to cultural sensitivities and cultural nuances as well. Puns mm-hmm. that we use here in the uh, in the UK can't you know be possibly read in I don't know Japan yeah. right and this you know comes down to cultural sensitivity uh, nuances languages mm-hmm. and so it's very um, important that you know you need to adjust right? there are principles that we can follow that, yeah. that, that we can copy at a broad level um, but when it comes to you know actual tactics. Then that would vary, right? So that's why growth launches go into the country, understand the cultural nuances, and say, okay, this will not be applicable. We can do this mm-hmm. at a broad level, but let's cater this to the Japanese market, etc., yeah. etc.
0: So, okay. so basically, you come in with a piece of fabric, and now you're the tailor, and you need to exactly make
2: it bespoke. Ex- exactly, exactly. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, are you able? Are you? Uh, are you able to to give sort of an example of two two different scenarios where something worked in the UK that you had to change and. That, that made it work in, in mm-hmm. Asia-Pacific, or is it uh,
2: too early to release your... Uh I mean, at a broad level, there are different tribes, right, that, that uh, you know, serve, with that revolute serves way better in terms of, you know, let's say students, there are mm-hmm. expats as well. Um, in Singapore, at least, or in some of the Asian countries, there's lots of uh, students who go for international exchanges, mm-hmm. right, for six months abroad or two months abroad, and they come mm-hmm. over to Europe. And one of the pains is starting a bank account here, Yeah. right? Um, you know, starting a bank account in any European co- countries can take up to three months mm-hmm. without a proof of residence. Norway, it's even more crazy yeah. sometimes. I've heard,
1: I've heard of people in Norway that's uh, coming from abroad that's it's taking six months. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, I even... I, I, in, uh, in another project I'm running, and there's uh, one of our employees, he's from... He has a Portuguese passport. Mm-hmm. He has a UK passport Moved to Norway mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't have a fixed income above x and x he can't even get the d number to get settled in he mm. can't do anything he still uses his euro account mm-hmm. from you know and you abroad. can't pay for
2: your rent because you need yeah. a bank account but you can't have a bank account without paying for rent which is your proof of address so it's a vicious cycle <laughs> yeah, you should, you you should
1: tell him to get a revolut account like you'll get a Norwegian account number in Maca- India Perfect. Yeah. Is it is it with the
0: is it with the um, the Revo ex- uh, prefix or is it just a plain old? Uh... It's, it's a
1: Norwegian account number. so It's a local account number. Oh. Bban. Okay. Basic uh, bank account number is what it stands for. Bban. Okay
0: not my <laughs> okay well I'll, I'll tell them that straight away that's yeah. a good tip uh yeah because yeah, that, that's something i really want to dive into uh after we've explored this uh, this growth for a while is the really the norwegian market because that's something i'm profoundly interested in mm. uh watching at least in the fintech um ecosphere uh, of norway because it's there's some really uh, unhealthy monopolies who are trying to uh, to keep everything uh status quo and i'm sure you know all about that mm. um so Um, just back to back to the thing we're talking about Chester with um, um, with the growth hacking what um, can you give an example um, just because I mean I've done episodes on growth hacking here before, but mm-hmm. do you have any? Do you have a specific example, or can you explain sort of the grow a growth hacking strategy for for the listeners out there? So it's a bit more tangible.
2: Um, I mean, th- again, generally there, speaking, yeah, uh, there are multiple areas that we you know growth hack. Say over for user acquisition, right? Uh, let's say if we're talking about just for students, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, students they're organizing lots of events. Um, you know, there's TEDx, which Espen was organizing last year, as well as a student um and you know university students organize so many events that are related to what we're doing they can be in uh, finance they can be in technology they can be in startups entrepreneurship etc and all these areas are some um where we can one contribute to the discussion and bring our expertise as well right but also there are good places for us to source for talent mm-hmm. right? and we're building like what well, you're um not as been said the european growth machine and international expansion so it's a two way uh, sort of you know uh, conversation that that we're going into so but in doing so you know you're growth hacking away and bringing your brand and making sure that you want people know you people trust you and you know you want to have the the products in, in your hand by the you know the third time mm-hmm. you, uh, they see you right so and that's just for students there are multiple areas that we can uh, do that but for other tribes as well again need to be catered to what they want how they live their lives and how they manage their finances. Mm. Because uh, growth hacking is all about making uh, exponential growth curves. Exponential growth growth uh, with while minimizing costs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a tangible example? Uh, <laughs> no. I stop asking? Yeah, <laughs> no, not that I can share at this stage, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll keep the secrets. Yes. Uh, so Four all the people, people working in months, so you can just <laughs> be relax. We're not gonna give you any, <laughs> any other good stuff. Um, there's a lot of cool sources to read to read about
1: um, this kind of strategy out there, though. So mm-hmm. if you just search the web for growth hacking um, yeah. or guerrilla marketing
0: or uh, stuff like this, then there's a lot of cool, uh, cool articles you can read about. Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very important thing for all the people out there as well who are considering starting out or who are actually starting out or, you know, trying to bring th- stuff to market right now, really do go take a... Take a sabbatical for a week, just and dive into all the things you can about growth hacking. Uh, look, uh, look these things up because it really is um, um, a game changer. Um, if you're bootstrapping or if you're low on funds and want to make something big. Um, uh, speaking of uh, of, uh, I'm not sure how much insight you have, but I mean, uh, North America is a place you're trying to get into as well. Um, and i saw from uh the your linkedin profile uh revolut's linkedin profile after the apple uh, apple cash uh launch uh what are your thoughts on that do you have any thoughts or do you have uh do you have any information on sort of a general approach you're taking to the u.s market uh or is it pretty similar to to the europe what's the differences
1: i think uh, in terms of the u.s market the big difference is the regulation is a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the European market, as I mentioned, we talked about earlier with the PSD, yeah. Human Service Directive coming in place, you really only need a license in one country and then passport it. But in the US, the, the, the market is it's a lot more um, complex, mm-hmm. and um, that's also why we haven't gone in there yet, mm-hmm. uh, or at least part of it. Um, so of course it's harder but in terms of mentioning Apple mm-hmm. um, what I can say about that is that shows you know that we're going in the right direction yeah. and when the big players are starting to do the same uh, thing as what you're doing yeah. that shows that okay we're on the right track yeah. uh, something is happening and they're seeing what's happening so um, in a sense you can see it almost as positive yeah. uh, that's as almost people. more validation for you guys right? more validation we've known for a long time that we're doing the right thing mm-hmm. uh, because well, we're really creating added value uh, yeah. for our customers uh, but this really really validates uh, mm. uh, all our efforts
0: yeah that's great um so um, so uh, just moving into I think moving in a bit towards where um, where your um, uh, full function is uh, um if you can just briefly go through what what what, what is it that you do uh, mm-hmm. in Revolut and um, and then we can sort of work off that mm, yeah so I'm um, I'm doing a lot of similar things as Chester is doing but
1: mm. I'm uh, up until now I've been doing it for the Nordics uh, more specifically Norway mm-hmm. um, yeah so uh, being responsible for the Norwegian market um, you're kind of working as a face of the company uh, and you're doing everything from uh, speaking at events to uh, um, talking to uh, you know the local banks, even or or local organizations, mm. or even government, if you if you have to, mm. um, and then also trying to figure out cool ways to uh, to expand it in, in your local market. So you see a very similar to Chester. Only difference here is that Norway is already a market that's been established, mm-hmm. while Singapore is on its way to be established. Yeah.
0: And and what are um, what are some of the um, um, sort of the the. I guess you could say differences between um, just to give some sort of um, uh, contrast here um, between the UK, where effectively you can you have seventeen different banks and you can have an account in you know three seconds. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can have that in Norway now as well with Revolut, um, but uh, the market as a well whole is is quite different. Uh, we touched on it before with sort of mm. you can take six months to get a bank account all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. um, so, so that's what, quite what, what, though. Any, yeah, yeah. <laughs> worst case six yeah. months yeah. or not at all um, what what's sort of the what's some of the challenges that you're seeing in in the norwegian market right now for for fintech um, startups like like revolut
1: <clears throat> specifically for us i think um the norwegians in terms of banking they're quite conservative mm. um, they have a uh, profound trust for the traditional banks, mm. that, uh, more so than I think any other country in the, in the world. Um, and that, you know, of course makes it uh, makes it harder for players like Revolut to, uh, to reach the market. Uh, however, I think um, the Norwegian uh, people, they don't, uh, well, a lot of people don't know how much the local banks are actually charging them, because mm. there's, yes, uh, Norwegian banks, they're they're better than banks in uh, some other countries, but yeah. still, they're they're still charging ridiculous fees in some cases. Yeah. Um, I, I I have an example. This is a quite an extreme case. Uh, sure. When I was just that's going great. to um, to Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, I went to the uh, DMB exchange desk at Godemund. Yeah, uh, and I had a uh, thousand. And d- just for reference, dB thats the biggest bank in Norway. That's the biggest bank in Norway. That is, that's true. Uh, I had a thousand Norwegian kroner, and I was going to exchange it to Turkish lira. Mm-hmm. This is before, this was in August, so it's before the whole, uh, before the whole uh, currency fluctuation started with Turkish lira, that yeah. we've seen yeah. in the, the past few months. Um, so I went there and I decided to exchange a thousand Norwegian kroner to Turkish lira. They gave me 490 Turkish lira, and it's okay, I'm going to check in the uh, Revolut app now how much I would have gotten there, yeah. 605. Wow. So that means that I, compared to the exchange desk, I got 23.5% more. That's almost
0: 25% <laughs> that's... more in Revolut. <laughs> and that's <laughs> just outrageous, you know, that, that's just... And that's for yeah. a small amount. I mean, now imagine if you bring 10 times more money.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you bring 10 times more money, you should not use physical exchange desks. <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I, I knew it was bad, but that's when I, you know, when I did uh, a little test. That's when I realized how freaking crazy... Yeah. It actually is. Mm. Um, of course, that's a, that's an extreme example. Uh, yeah. But still, though, even in even in um, even if you use your card abroad with, with Norwegian banks,
0: it's expensive. Uh, they they take a lot of money from you. Yeah.
1: And most people don't even know it.
0: Uh, actually, I I have a pretty similar case. It's not uh, obviously. i I've uh, last uh, the past eight months. I've been flying back to Norway always almost, almost weekly um, for for some work, but. I I walk past the exchange desk at the airport every time I go, and I just see these outrageous uh, sort of uh, buy and sell rates where well, they'll they'll buy dollars for six and sell them for nine point five. You know it's not that bad. I've they're never not, heard that bad. But <laughs> they're yeah, not that bad, <laughs> but you know exaggeration. Um, but actually, um, just uh, recently as well, and this is uh, more um interesting. I I I think for for my own sake, because uh, I use PayPal quite a lot, um, mm-hmm. to. Um. Yeah. To to move my money around because it's quicker than uh, quicker than, than an international SEPA transfer, mm-hmm. um, and the exchange rates in even in PayPal are I think about must be about five percent worse than the FX on um, on on the Revolut app because um, I was trying to change I think um, two thousand Danish crowns into pounds um, PayPal wanted to give me. I think, 201 or something, which would make it about 10. Uh, the actual uh, amount I would have gotten in the Revolut app would have been 220 uh, or 218 um, for the same amount. So it's quite interesting. I mean, how are you guys able to keep it that low? If I mean, PayPal is quite lean, you would think, I guess, compared to a huge bank with um, hundreds of buildings. So I think
1: the biggest thing is that they... they um their customers, or at least a lot of the customers, don't 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 really know. Um, and yeah, they choose they choose, and um, maybe not to research it. Um, mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do, we're we're trying to uh, reduce costs wherever we can mm-hmm. from our customers. Uh, so um, if if there's any fee that we think are um, unfair, mm-hmm. we will try to reduce it, and then we'll take it in uh, at other places that doesn't affect the customer. Uh, for example, it's we have a freemium model, so we can take in money from uh, premium and metal uh, subscription, uh, and we can also get some money from um, uh, reselling insurance to the app, like travel insurance, mm. and we get money from. Like uh, also, we use the Visa and Mastercard system, uh, and merchants pay money to Visa and Mastercard yeah. to, to use their system, um, and we of course get a, we get a percentage of that. So the more customers we have, the more money we get in through there. Yeah. Yeah, um, and eventually, you know, we'll we'll probably move more into you know give, we'll see though, but uh, maybe maybe going to give out more credit and stuff like that. We have mm. credit already in the UK market still yeah. small, it's a very small part of our service, um, but this might eventually be expanded, mm. um, and also our Revolut for business accounts. Mm. Um, if if our Revolut retail accounts are famous and big, then people also want to use our Revolut for business accounts, mm. um, yeah. So there's many many small. Uh, rivers that become small streams. <laughs> small streams that become on large rivers. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, was to, I was trying to say it in the uh, like how I was thinking in Norwegian, but uh, yeah. you know
0: what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Many rivers small become. No. Many små small. Uh, Many er små small become large. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so there's your Norwegian lesson for for today. Yes. Um, so um, and how long is it since you since you sort of um approach the Norwegian Norwegian market for the first time how easy was it for you to set up there initially because now you're there obviously
1: yeah
0: um so uh, initially um there was a um, an
1: international launcher that went into the into the market and did the operations mm-hmm. um so the operational part um I, luckily I didn't have to do it um so when I when I launched it it was more of a, a PR and PR PR launch okay um, where we uh, said now we're starting to uh, go for the Norwegian market. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, 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 we, I went in uh, in August and we planned it for a couple of weeks before we did a big, um, yeah, uh, tried to get a lot of media attention. And uh, we see that in the startup communities, uh, in the startup communities, it's definitely uh, become a huge hit. Like pe- people yeah. love the product. And so what we're trying now is to hit
0: the, the mainstream markets mm. uh, and make people understand. So this is to hit the the working people with with the regular jobs or uh, you know uh, the the middle class I guess you could say yeah in some, yeah, way, I mean, in some uh, sense not just
1: the middle class I think just anyone anyone with a bank account mm. um, of course our easiest sell is it's very easy for us to sell to students and stuff like this yeah uh, people that travel a lot yeah. um, those are the ones that have the biggest advantage of using Revolut and the most added value mm. so those are the people we're trying to um, to approach and uh, yeah and reach
0: yeah and um, because um obviously you, you do have the um and this I I think this is um, mm. um quite um unique as well when you're talking about students um in Norway is is this um thing where you have a freemium uh model it's very simple to have everything set up um to get the account you can have multiple currency accounts mm. If students go on exchange to the UK, for example, boom, one second you have a UK account Mm -hmm. in in the same app, everything's easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think another, um, I'm sure you guys are conscious of this as well, and I'm sure you receive a lot of feedback on it, but the, the app itself is... A huge selling point because I mean, if you've seen other Norwegian mobile banks, uh, or you know, uh, we'll say mobile bank, I guess that's the word. Now, obviously, DMB just came out with their new mobile bank, Mm. uh, which I guess is slightly better than the old one from 2007.
1: It looks, it looks, it looks, definitely looks a lot better. The last one was just, at least I feel like, a bunch of links to the web page. Yeah. This new one looks uh, really nice, Mm -hmm. uh, but still, it's quite simple. and a lot of features are still just links to the web page. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they made, made a very easy way to, uh, to send, send money and pay bills and yeah. um, I applaud them for that. Um, but still they've got quite a long way to go in order to have the, uh, the user friendliness, uh, the user experience of,
0: of the Revolut app. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone in the market is, uh, is even there. No, I think even, even, even your UK competitors have a long way to go. Um, Uh, And the UI's might look sleek uh, for apps like Monzo or uh, or N26, the German uh, fintech startup, Um, but the user experience is very, very seamless with Revolut, which is why, I mean, people like me have switched over completely and just now disregard everything else. And most of other bank accounts I have, uh, I'm not sure why I'm not closing them, but I guess I guess millennials nowadays have like 15 bank accounts each <laughs> because you just keep registering for free free bank accounts. That's true. But um, but it's the user experience is unique and um. How much feedback do you get uh, on this in Norway? Do you get any at all? Or when you speak to, at least when you speak to people in the startup ecosphere? I mean, that?
1: in terms of the, uh,
0: the app experience? The app experience. And
1: people, of course, have talked about it. and yeah. um, That's one of the things that people love about, uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the feedback is very, very positive. Yeah. And I think uh, uh, about every event that I go to, there's somebody that has something nice to say about the app. Yeah. Uh, and I, for me, that's the biggest Biggest reason that I want to use Revolut It's just a, a great experience. Yeah. I, I feel like um when you when you have a normal bank in Norway, you, you open it maybe max once a day. Mm. Um yeah. but I open the Revolut at five, six times a day, you know. Yeah. It's it's an entirely different way to interact with uh, um with with your banking app. Yeah. Um, or with your payments app, yeah. if I can <laughs> and, well, correct myself, <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> financial uh, p- p- private finances uh, platform. Mm. Um, yeah, so uh, it's just it's just a sleek experience. It's kind of like you know opening Spotify and just browsing through your music.
0: It's a good experience. And yeah, this is what banking should be like as well. I I com- I completely agree Ian. and and uh, I think another thing which is um, quite interesting um, just from an outside perspective is the way that. The bank when you use the Revolut app, uh, or the Revolut experience, it's not as formal. It's not like me, a guy in a suit, it's like a stiff. It's not like a stiff. That's what I'm You know, for example, the HSBC app or if you're using Lloyds or Barclays. It's very stiff. It's very formal. Yeah. So you always get these notifications, perfect punctuations, like capitalization. Obviously, you have punctuations and stuff as well, but there's no. You don't get. You don't get. um uh, a notification from TFL and it's like a sad smiley face because it didn't go through or because there's a problem or Watson, detect- Sherlock detected a fraudulent payment and then you have emojis and stuff. I think that's very, you know, it's it makes it a bit more fun and engaging. and This is a huge part of our growth strategy,
1: yeah. uh, actually, because people, you know, if when you get uh, a notification at the end of the month saying, oh no, this is how much you spent on restaurants last week, yeah. you know, <laughs> I get that's all people the time. People take a screenshot yeah, screen <laughs> of that and they post it on social media yeah, um, yeah. So, so that this this is actually a huge part of uh, how we d- how we want to grow because we want to be interactive. We want to yeah. be cool, uh, and some people even uh, c- criticize us for that because oh, well, you're 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 in financial services. You shouldn't be so cool and and, yeah. and chill. But and this is our strategy, and this you know why can't this be cool and chill?
0: You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that that's that, that's another. Uh, I agree completely, and, and another interesting thing there is that I think I'm the only person in the Revolut offices wearing a suit today. Yeah. Oh,
1: I've never seen an employee. If, if somebody, if if you came into the office wearing a suit as an employee, <laughs> people would be like, oh, falling you, on the floor. No, people would <laughs> be like, hey, are you, are you going to an interview for a different job today or something? <laughs> Why are you wearing a suit? There's, there's no reason. Uh, I, I'm wearing a, I don't know what you call this, Hawaii Hawaii shirt?
0: <laughs> <A> Hawaii shirt. <laughs> short sleeve. Super
1: chill, short sleeve shirt.
0: Yeah. And I, uh, and I look like I'm from uh, Her Majesty's Revenue cause yeah. The Services. Uh, yeah, kind of. About. Here you're for pretty, an audit. You look pretty sleek. Right? You look pretty sleek. <laughs> no flatteries. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh no I I think I I definitely think uh I think it's genius and I mean I can sit here and flatter all day um but um I I want uh, you know as we're nearing the end I also wanted to to sort of uh peel a bit uh, of your skin back and see sort of where does your story with Revolut start and how did you get into this um I mean cuz you're still relatively young yeah, uh, oh, yeah and it's not something you would see in any other uh you know any other age let's say any other decade you would never see someone as young as you being country manager for a, for an international bank mm. or no I'm sorry not bank financial <laughs> services company um so how did you get into this um, and yeah, so in t- there's quite a lot of student listeners is
1: right yes, lot, yes yeah yeah, yeah. And so i mean uh, a lot of students as well yes so in terms of uh, tips for you guys uh, on how to get in i, I actually used a lot of uh, the strategies that we learned from our career team uh, when I went to Holt Um, and that's about networking Uh, it's about going in there and just uh, approaching and going for the role that you want Uh, and I found out quite fast while I was studying at Holt that I wanted to um, that I wanted to uh, work for Revolut because I thought the company was super cool and disruptive and Back when I started using it, we were far, it was far below 1 million users, yeah. uh, and I said, why isn't there more? Why isn't this everywhere? Yeah. This is going to be everywhere. I need to get in there as fast as possible. Mm. So, um, so you saw the early
0: vision of the founders as well.
1: I mean, not, I not, wasn't that early, to be honest. No, you, you saw the vision they had for that company. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the founders are um, they're hoping for 100 million users within four years. Wow. So... That's the, quite big, a lot of people. Big ambitions. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're we having ex- almost exponential growth now, so yeah. hopefully we can do it. But yeah, uh, so I, I saw that uh, this company is, is going to go far, uh, I thought they were, they were amazing, so I started uh, just trying to get in touch with people working for the company, I started going to events where I knew Revolut was. Revolut has, has these um, rev rallies. Yeah. They're trying to do it yeah, every couple of months, mm-hmm. where they announce uh, what's happening in the future. Uh, what's been happening and uh, what's what's going on in the company, and they invite their most loyal uh, users mm-hmm. so to to these events. Um, I started trying to uh, you know hustle myself into one of these events. Yeah. I mean, I used to revolute a lot, but uh, um, yeah. I didn't have um, I didn't get the invites because you know you need to be among the absolute top users. Uh, that's p- Spends the most money through Revolut, or so uh, it's, that's about more, a, it's about not spend not, not so spending, but more like uh, how how active you are. It's okay. more more about um, uh, how often you log into the app and stuff about Okay, this, yeah. okay. Uh, Exactly how we choose choose who gets invited. It's it's. I don't you know, I'm, the I'm, not even, I'm not even I'm not even sure. Um, <laughs> sure. But it's uh, we we take the most active users, yeah. like the and we invite them, and these events sell out right away. Mm. Um, so I try to get get a contact. Uh, we had a guy named uh, Ryan that came into uh, to halt to mm. promote Revolut. Got in mm. touch with him. I in touch with more people in Revolut um, never really you know of course I showed interest I showed when I, where I met people from Revolut I showed them that I was interested in the company but I never asked for a job or anything no. I think that's quite important when you go to networking because there's so many people that I come up to you hey take a look at my, my resume mm. please and it's like ah you just want to talk to me because you want to look embarrassing, man. Eh? Yeah. You know, go, go up to that person and be cool with them. You know, yeah. go and become be, become their buddy. You know, ask them out for a
0: drink. Go get wasted with them if you, you have <laughs> the chance. You know, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but if it's you want to get a job <laughs> working for <laughs> Revolut, just ask Espen for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, so invite him for a beer. I mean. yeah, invite <laughs> me <him> for <laughs> a beer. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh,
1: it's, uh, if, uh, any any you student students listening, like if if you're interested in Revolut, send me a message on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might take. A week or two to to reply, but I'll reply eventually, yeah. and it, I would happily help you out uh, with tips, um, and uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you would like. I can answer any questions. It's, it can be hard to navigate a big company like this yeah. and see what roles are suitable for uh, for uh, for beginners. Mm. But uh, yeah, so but whenever. Um, yeah, whenever they were looking for somebody to do the Nordic or Norwegian market, yeah. um, they knew a Norwegian guy, and that was that was me, you know, Damn. because I've been networking with them. Because I've been uh, I've been working the company for for eight months or something, or yeah. at least half a year before mm. before I was offered a job. Okay, um, so yeah, just just go out there, go network, and yeah, do whatever you can to just yourself in uh, because that's that's how you get a job today that's how you get your dream, jo- dream job yeah. you don't get your dream job by applying through a website because there's thousands of others applying for the same job as you. yeah uh, and,
0: and did you always know that you wanted to go into uh, fintech or was it more of wanting to work in a startup or was it less was it more ambiguous and you just happened to fall upon something you really really enjoyed and saw value in
1: I always wanted to. Um, I always wanted to um, work for something that makes a difference. Mm. Uh, something that actually makes a difference to uh, an industry or even even the world. And I think Webuild has huge potential for this. Um, I, I was looking at um, medical, uh, even or wow. uh, and I was everything from medical to uh, to tech. Uh, yeah. And uh, while I was studying, I've always been interested in tech. Uh, yeah. But while I was studying, I go- truly got an interest for fintech, and I was mm. engaged in. I was one of the co-founders of. Uh, uh, the whole t- blockchain and um, cryptocurrency society while, yeah. I was, uh, while I was at school. I mean, I'm, I don't know if there's a running even, but my year, we were quite active. Yeah. Um, we took the, the engagement and time in, um, in the club to uh, host events where we taught people about the fintech industry, uh, yeah. specifically towards um, uh, distrib- distributed ledger technology, mm. uh, which is... But when you learn about one specialized thing within the fintech industry, you also tend to learn a lot about the industry as a whole as well. So yeah. throughout my year at Health I got quite a deep knowledge of, of uh, not deep knowledge but I got, I started knowing fintech quite well. Yeah. Um, I think it's just all about there's so many generalists out there yeah. that are just trying to learn a little bit of everything. You need to just find your niche while you're studying. Just find one thing that you think is interesting or two or three things just deep dive into those, those things. And then whenever you see somebody in a company that you want to work for maybe you read an article by a person and say, you want to work for Google. You read yeah. an article from a guy in Google. And, oh, this guy's based in London. Send him a message on LinkedIn saying, hey, I read your article. I thought this and this and this was super interesting. Uh, I would love if you took the time to talk to me some more about it because I'm very interested in this. Would you like to show me for a coffee or a beer? Mm. Um, and, yeah, don't ask for a freaking job. Just go and meet them and be cool.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Asking for a job is not cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It it really isn't, yeah. and you would know. I'm sure you get asked a lot, um, or receive a lot of emails with uh, with requests. Um, what do you see? Uh, what do you see for the? Uh, and this is the last thing uh, before we have to go. But um, what do you see for the future uh, of Revolut in Norway specifically? What's the sort of? What's the roadmap you're working with right now? Yeah. Um,
1: well, it's, it's, um right now, it's, it's just me in Norway. Uh, for Nordics. We're, we're expanding and we're building a team for Nordics. Uh, we have uh, hired, um, quite recently, uh, a lady in Sweden called Hannah, which is doing a fantastic job. Um, and then we're getting a PR uh, manager quite soon. And eventually, we're going to get a marketing manager. Um, we're going to have a growth manager. Uh, And we're going to have more business development people. Mm. So we're expanding the markets. Um, So most markets are going to be, each country has their own team. Nordics are, it's quite expensive to hire people. So we're going to have one team for the Nordics. Um, Yeah. So um, we're going to do that. Uh, Up until now, we haven't spent anything on advertising. So hopefully we can- it's all organic uh, growth hacking uh, in Nordics up to now. We've we with 90,000 customers in Nordics now. Okay. Uh, and it's all, all through growth hacking and, and organic growth. So that's, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Especially for a conservative market like Nordics. Um, and then, um, yeah, we're going to spend more money. We're going we're gonna to advertise. We're going to
0: yeah. market ourselves. Uh, because I think that's going to really help uh, expand and help us grow the direction that we want to go. So now you you've set up the framework for growth uh, at least in an abstract and that's like you know building the bonfire now you're just tossing are going to toss some gas on the fire, yeah, <laughs> gasoline on the fire just make it blow up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's um I mean that's great. Um I I'll be I'll be very excited to follow your journey here to see how many of these uh uh, behemoths you can push out of the way. Uh, I think there's, uh, I think the market is ripening. I'm not sure it's completely ripe yet but uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's ripening, uh, being ready for some sort of uh, disruption. I know disruption is a very very overused terms, uh, term in, in this day and age but it's ready for a pivot I, I guess is a better uh, better use of the term. Uh, hopefully you can uh, uh, well push some of the uh, well, I'm not gonna mention names because I might, uh, I might be put might be a target on my head. But <laughs> <laughs> you might want to work for one of these. <laughs> <better>. <laughs> exactly. So, well, I, I, I'm sure Revolut will do great things there. Um, last question. Um, how can people uh, how can people follow the journey for Norway? How for Revolut, follow Revolut's journey in Norway. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, so we stay in
1: we, touch. we literally just launched Norwe- uh, the, the app in Norwegian, mm-hmm. and with the launch of the app in Norwegian, we also launched a uh, Norwegian Facebook page. So mm-hmm. go, go like uh, the Revolut Facebook page. Uh, we're putting out regular updates uh, about the Revolut in general, but also about uh, what ha- what's happening in the in the local markets. Also, uh, we're launching uh, the Revolut Global Ambassador program quite soon. Uh, something that Chester and I have been uh, working on together actually, uh, Chester unfortunately had to leave a few minutes ago because he had to go to um, um, grab a, go to a meeting, um, but we've been working on uh, for the past few months the, Re- the Global Ambassador Program, and if you're a true Overlord fan, you can apply to the program, uh, we'll uh, onboard you into the, into um, a Slack channel uh, where you'll be part of in the international community of all the other ambassadors, and you'll get... Um, almost inside information and you'll be part of the Revolut family. And uh, we're actually even going to start paying our ambassadors for recruiting their friends. Um, we'll send you Revolut merch, merchandise. Um, we'll upgrade you to a free premium or even free metal if you do well as an ambassador. And it's also going to be... Um oh the last thing I'm going to, I was about to say there it's yep. actually not announced yet so. <laughs> we're I'm keeping gonna, one secret I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold it back but pay attention uh, if you want to uh, join the ambassador program message me on LinkedIn or um, send me an email at espen.micleboost at revolute.com and uh, if you're suitable we'll uh, we'll onboard you to the program
0: perfect I'll uh, put all of that in the description of the episode um, and that's what we have today um, thanks Espen for coming on and thank you Chester as well for coming on uh, He'll uh, thank me in spirit, I'm sure. Um, this has been, uh, yeah, this has been the Edgeville podcast. Uh, and thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thank you.